0: Welcome to Future of Flushing, Mets fans. It's been a while. We miss you all. I'm Vito Khaleesi. With me is Jonathan Barron. Jonathan. Always Jonathan, not John. Which, John, I've noticed that I give you that intro in the beginning and then immediately I go right into John. Does that bother you at all?
1: Now that you bring it up, I mean, not really. I mean, no one really calls me Jonathan. There's like four people in the world that call me Jonathan and they're they're the people I lived with throughout my whole life before I finally moved out my parents and my sisters so not really I appreciate the effort on Jonathan but um you know look we've got a lot to get to so the extra a thin that's more time wasted
0: like you got you got to be efficient so just in and out John done boom my first week at the job I was walking with him and some other fellas to lunch and he made an announcement to everybody that he wanted to start going by Jonathan. And I remember that was my first week there. And by then, it was already too late for me. You're just you are John Barron. Like, that's your vibe.
1: Well, that's the thing is that, like, people always throw the last name in there. John is too short of a name. John is John's vanilla. John Barron, it's different. It's got a little it's got a little spice, got a little flavor. So that has been a thing my entire life. It's never just been John. It's been John Barron. Um, I've gotten a lot of JB as well. I'm still trying to work on the Jonathan thing, but it doesn't seem to be sticking. I don't know why. No one, no one wants to take the time. It's three syllables.
0: It's not that. It's not that tough, <laughs> but just uh, haven't been able to make that one stick. I do like JB. I do like calling you JB, and then I like calling John Grady JG. I think we got to go start before the action even began
1: this weekend after the All Star break. News broke early Friday morning, and we should just hit that off the top. I think the promotions of Tyler Stewart and Dylan Tobrock from the Cyclones to the Rumble Ponies, and we'll talk about both of them. But just wanted to mention that in case you weren't aware, if you listen to this podcast, you probably were aware. So first of all, congrats to both of those guys. Uh, Well-earned. And uh, stick around in a few minutes. We'll let you know exactly
0: how uh, their weekends went. So let's talk about Friday. Syracuse Mets unfortunately lost in their first game in the duel of the dishes to the Rochester Red Wings. So even though I said Syracuse Mets and Rochester Red Wings, That was the Syracuse Salt Potatoes and the Rochester Plates. Now, Ronnie Mauricio and Luke Voigt both homered in this game. And I want to bring up something about Luke Voigt, or as John likes to call him, Nuke Voigt. Nuke. Kids got merch, John. After we fell in love with him and his sleeveless jersey, the Syracuse Mets decided to go all in on it. And they are, in fact, selling a Luke Voigt jersey. They're calling it the Voigt, and they're saying dress like a home run champion. Luke void was a home run champion. That is a fact in
1: 2020. Um, yeah, I mean, you and I need to grab ourselves a couple, you know, maybe that could be the avatar of the podcast on Apple, on Spotify, on Google play, just me and you letting the gun show happen a little bit, doing our best Luke, Luke void impersonation. I mean, he did hit a nuke when he was wearing no sleeves. So Luke void's the man and good for Syracuse. Good for the Syracuse Mets. Great marketing, a lot of fun. Like I said, we gotta cop ourselves some of those and rock them hard. I mean, that's a great, that's a great like summer, summer get up. You know, you go to a beach, you go to a Darty, go for a walk down the street. What better to why are you looking at me like that? Don't What's tell me you darty? don't know the term Darty. Don't tell me What's a
0: Darty. Don't come on, Vito. Is that a day party?
1: Yes. A Darty.
0: I've never, I've never heard that in my life. That must that's... be a, that must be a, that must be as my my fiance calls it, a sleepaway school thing
1: it's yeah it's a sleepaway school thing it's not an sva thing yeah
0: <laughs> yeah you remember yeah. my alma mater
1: yeah i know school visual arts we've talked about this yes
0: <laughs> oh yeah you do you had a buddy yeah. that went there yes um yeah no i've never heard the term darty before uh we just well, would call it day drinking like no nah, there's there's a cool
1: fun term i once brought this up um around people at work and i still get roasted for it but it was around a crowd of like I don't know, people that are like 36 and older. So I kind of got why they were so taken aback by this term that they deemed ridiculous, but... They're bullies, so... Yeah. But you know what? They couldn't they couldn't pull off a Luke Voigt sleeveless uh, tank no. to the Darty. So
0: jealous, just being jealous. No, and even though it wasn't a home run, Mark Vientos did have three hits, and two of those suckers were over 105 miles per hour. So, I mean... He's not at sleeveless shirt territory with that, but I would say he's at a tight T-shirt at the triceps with that.
1: Mark Vientos can say still to this day, he has the hardest hit ball by a member of the New York Mets. And he went back down to Syracuse, but he's still ripping the ball left and right. Had a big weekend, tons of hard
0: contact. Um, Some of the hardest contact in the minor leagues, quite frankly. And uh, we're going to wrap that game up with Sean Reed Foley struck out the side in an inning. So, you know, he's on his way to helping the big league Mets. So we're going to move on to the Binghamton Rumble Ponies, who did lose 4-2 to the Somerset Patriots. Not too many notes from that game outside of Dom Hamill striking out six and Rowdy Jordan going two for three with two steals. Rowdy Jordan, whose interview from spring training we released last week.
1: Yeah, Dom uh, was missing bats again, struck out six in the outing over three and a third innings of work. So, I mean, he's been striking out a lot of hitters of late. His last four starts. He has 33 strikeouts to just seven walks. Four of those came in the start on Friday. So not his best start, but not a disaster by any means as uh, Dom Hamill gets the second half going for himself.
0: No, not at all. And I mean, you know, it's the start of the second half, baby. You know, he had a week off. He was busy tweeting about mashed potatoes. He's going to get back into it. You know, give Dom a chance. Now, Brooklyn Cyclones. Oh, John, we talked about this. I'm going to stop saying now. I'm going to stop using now as my safety word. I promise you all. The Brooklyn Cyclones won 6-3 versus the Greenville Grasshoppers. And what do you know? Blade Tidwell, 5.2 innings pitched, only two runs and six strikeouts.
1: Another really good start as Blade Tidwell kicks off his second half. The ERA now at 3-4-5, leads the Cyclones to another victory against the Grasshoppers. As you mentioned, Grasshoppers one of the bugs I hate the most. They really just skeeve me out. Grasshoppers and crickets, they're just, they're weird. They're, you know, a green insect to me. I'm a fly guy, just a, you know, run of the mill fly. Grasshoppers and crickets, those are. uh, You mean
0: you're a fly, like you like flies? I mean, you know, they're
1: they're better than grasshoppers and crickets, I'll tell you that much.
0: Yeah, but like you're not like a fly guy. And like, I like, you don't like when flies come into your apartment. You're not like, oh, this is great. Like, I I have flies here. This is nice. I mean, it's not. It's not the worst thing in the world, though. I mean, it's not great. You're right, but
1: back to Blade Tidwell. I mentioned the three, four, five ERA on the season. If we zoom in a little further, his last ten outings. This goes back to May seventeenth. Blade has an ERA under two. It's at one seven three. He struck out seventy six of the two hundred and ten batters he's faced in that span, throwing a lot of strikes, and um, he's also induced a lot of weak contact, a lot of pop ups, ground balls. So Blade Tidwell a great start to his second half as he leads the Cyclones to a 6-3 victory on Friday
0: night. Also on the offensive side of that game, two hits for William Lugo, Stanley Consuegra, Junior Tillian, and Chase Estep. Huge weekend for Lugo. And, John, I think you have a little bit more on him. Yeah, we'll get to Lugo in a little bit because as we go
1: through the weekend, he will be mentioned in all three three days. Um, But this was a big night for the Cyclones offense. All nine players in the starting lineup had a hit. Um five doubles for Brooklyn, a homer that was hit by Mateo Gill. So
0: just an all-around great effort by the Cyclones. Let's mosey on down to Saint Lucie and talk about the double header that they swept from the Jupiter hammerheads. John, do you like let's mosey on down instead of so or now? Um it's it's an option. Yeah. I mean, it's you know, we're we're it's a trial and error here, right? It's an option means it was not good because that was not a yes, it's good or yes, it's or no, it's, it's bad. Option. That was just it's, it's a thing like a it, it, happened. it happened. It happened. It happened. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, in that double header, game one was a continuation of a suspended game back in June. That was a 4-1 win where Jet Williams went two for four with a steal and Wilfredo Lara went two for three with a double. Then in game two, Jet Williams continued to stay hot he went two for three with a walk, so just a big weekend overall for Jet.
1: Yeah, like William Lugo, we will talk more about Jet Williams and the outstanding weekend that he had on base, tormenting opponents. Um, Jet Williams has been fantastic, and this is going back over a month now. The batting average was a little bit lower than most people would have liked. Um, we talked to Ernest Dove, and Ernest made this point that you can't just look at box scores and you can't look at basic stat lines and evaluate a guy without watching, without context. And Jet Williams is a great example of that. All he does is get on base, and he's been putting the ball in play a lot more recently. And he's been getting on base even more than he had. And he was getting on base a lot even when he wasn't hitting. So more on Jet Williams a little bit later in the episode, but a really big day on Friday as he helped the uh, St. Louis Mets sweep that doubleheader from the Jupiter Hammerheads.
0: And you heard that from John right now. We are still on Friday right now, so I'm going to run through a quick few things from the FCL games and the Dominican Summer League games. So the FCL Mets had their game suspended with the score tied at three versus the FCL Cardinals. Nick Morabito and Jesus Baez each had two hits. And then just a few notes from the DSL games. Orange won 9-2 versus the Rockies. Julio Zayas, three for five with a double and a homer. Randy Guzman, two for three with two doubles.
1: Yeah, big game for Randy Guzman. Like you said, 2 for 3 with two doubles, 18 years old from the Dominican Republic, getting a getting some run with the DSL Orange, making the most of the opportunity.
0: Now it's a great time to move on to Saturday. Keep this weekend going. Those Syracuse Salt Potatoes won their game versus the Rochester Plates 9 to 8. A lot of runs scored in that game, John. Yeah, it was an offensive outburst
1: for Syracuse sort of like we saw on Friday. From the Brooklyn Cyclones, Ronnie Mauricio homered. So that's a homer on Friday and Saturday for Ronnie. Finished the night with four RBIs, 14 homers on the season. Abraham Almonte, we've talked about him in previous episodes, a guy with some major league experience. The Mets want to dip down to Syracuse, bring up a guy with that major league experience. Abraham Almonte is an option. Two homers on Saturday. Uh, one of those home runs hit 116.3 off the bat. So Vito, get this. The Syracuse Mets as a team had the three hardest hit balls in all of AAA on Saturday. Almonte's homer, 116.3. Ron and Mauricio's homer, 114.5 miles an hour off the bat. And Michael Perez, who's had some time with the Mets in the major leagues this season, had a double clocked at 111.1 miles an hour. And in this game alone, the Syracuse Mets had the seven hardest hit balls. So just an offensive explosion by Syracuse. And a, and a close and very high-scoring game.
0: Just bats on balls, John.
1: Lots of bats on balls. Rafael Ortega also homered for Syracuse. He hit a leadoff on Saturday. That's his third homer since joining the Syracuse Mets. One more note here. Josh Walker hasn't been in the majors since the Mets were in Philadelphia. That was the weekend of June 24th, but he's pitched really, really well for Syracuse. Don't be surprised if Josh Walker finds his way back to Queens at some point before the year ends tossed two scoreless innings in relief on saturday
0: and now one of the biggest storylines of this episode we're going to talk about the binghamton rumble ponies who won 3-1 versus the somerset patriots biggest note from this game obviously tyler stewart who made his double a debut six innings pitched one run five strikeouts and continued to keep that era at the minor league baseball lowest in the game yep another start And
1: another game with two runs or fewer allowed by Tyler Stewart. That's now 15 on the season. And look, when we heard the news on Friday that he was being promoted to Brooklyn, obviously the question was, when would that first start be? And how would he fare? We saw Christian Scott when he was promoted earlier in the season from Brooklyn to Binghamton, and he thrived. And you never know how that adjustment is going to go for a player. Um, You go from one league to the next. We talked to Dom Hamill. We've talked to a lot of guys about what the difference is between one level and the other, whether it's the SEC and high A for Paul Gervais or high A and double A for Dom Hamill. Well, Tyler Stewart was equal to the task. Once again, like we mentioned, allowed no more than two runs, struck out five, didn't allow much hard contact, and it was a really, really good sign for a guy who has definitely put his name, obviously, as the lower CRA in minor league baseball, has put his name on the map this year, and now he's proven that he could do it at the next level with a new challenge. So it's a very encouraging sign for a guy who has really just catapulted himself to what should be, you know, one of the the more highly regarded pitching prospects in this organization. And a guy who also had Tommy John surgery, he has it out of the way already. So it's just another box to check a six, nine hard throwing pitcher with a wipeout slider induces a lot of ground balls. There's so much to
0: like with Tyler Stewart. And he had a successful first outing for the Rumble Ponies on Saturday. And he's doing his best to take home that Mets Minor League Pitcher of the Year award that Dom Hamill won last year. I mean, he's doing everything in his own power to just make a statement for that. And he just continues to do it in the start of the second half. And let's talk about the other side of the plate. Brandon McIlwain went three for four. Jose Perosa had a double and an RBI. One other
1: note from this game, Daniel Juarez threw an inning and two-thirds of scoreless ball. The invisible we've talked about, Juarez continues to dazzle this year after a strong 2022 campaign. So great pitching for the Rumble Ponies. A little offense, they win via
0: run prevention against the Somerset Patriots on Saturday. The Brooklyn Cyclones won 3-0 versus those Greenville Grasshoppers that give John nightmares. Kevin Parada went two for four with two home runs. That's ten home runs on the season. Got his OPS over 900 since May 27th. And, John, I feel like we keep going back to that date a lot.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, when you look at the game logs, the season log for Kevin Parada, that is really where it seems to have turned around. He has been one of the best hitters in not only the South Atlantic League, but all of minor league baseball since that date. He has looked like the guy that hit 26 home runs in his sophomore season at Georgia Tech and was enough for the Mets to want to take him with the 11th overall pick in the 2022 draft. Parada's been great. He has been on fire. It's great to see, like we've mentioned in some past episodes, looking calmer at the plate, and it's paying off, and the box scores, night in and night out.
0: Another guy looking good, Billy Barrows, had two more hits, including a double. And pitching-wise, seven Cyclones pitchers combined for a shutout, only allowing three hits in that game.
1: A very, very impressive combined effort from the Cyclones team, from these arms we've talked a lot about how good of a Cyclones bullpen this is. And Saturday night's victory was really a great example of that for Chris Newell to use seven different guys. And they combined to allow just three hits and shut out Greenville. Giordani Ventura, Robert Colina, Luis Montes, Josh Corneli, Manny Rodriguez, Wilkin Ramos, and Dylan Hall combining for the shutout
0: victory. So the Cyclones starting off the second half with back-to-back wins. It's funny because in these weekend recap episodes, and I'm having really trouble saying weekend recap. I can't even repeat it right now. But, you know, normally on normal episodes, we say this is somebody we've been saying for a few episodes now. We're covering three days of games right now, some of them doubleheaders. So it's weird. Again, for what feels like the 10th time this episode, Jet Williams is getting brought up again. Jet Williams reached base safely five times went two for two with three walks, and he also stole two bases.
1: This is the quintessential Jet Williams night, not swinging, not missing, putting balls in play, getting on base, and when he gets on base, he's stealing bases. And the other team knows he's going to steal bases, and they still can't stop it. This is what Mets fans have to look forward to with Jet Williams. And another guy Mets fans should look forward to is Jacob Reimer. Back with St. Lucie after that rehab stint with the FCL Mets, On Saturday, went one for four, walked a couple RBIs. So Jacob Reimer, the 19-year-old, doesn't turn 20 again until next February. A strong start back with the St. Lucie Mets.
0: Wilfredo Lara, two hits, three RBIs. Both of those hits, over 106 miles per hour. Wilfredo
1: Lara leads the St. Lucie Mets in home runs. A guy Mets fans, a name that Mets fans should know, um, hits the ball hard. Hits the crap out of the ball, Vito. Not going to curse. Whoa. Not going to. Whoa. Gonna, was that a curse? Is that, is that a bad one? No. Crap. No joke. I'm joking. Maybe <laughs> I should have said hits the tar out of the ball. You know what? It doesn't matter
0: how you put it. Well, Fredo Lara hits the ball hard.
1: That's really all there is to it.
0: Dyron Campos homered, slugging over 500 since July 3rd. And Kevin Via Vicencio had two hits, two runs, three steals. That's 16 steals this season, and six have come since July 1st.
1: Yeah, Via Vicencio and Jet. Via Vicencio hit ninth in this game. Jet Williams hit first. They really do, and you hear this a lot in baseball, kind of give the St. Lucie Mets almost two leadoff hitters. Obviously, there's only a guarantee that your leadoff hitter, your number one hitter in your lineup, is going to lead off the inning uh, just once in a game. It might not happen again. When you have two guys like Via Vicencio and Jet who get on base, who are a, a problem for other teams, who pitchers, have to be thinking about and worrying about. That's beneficial. Um, and the St. Louis Mets have not one, but they have two of those guys. Viva Vicencio, as you just mentioned, six steals already in the month of July.
0: Time to get to those complex league Mets. The complex league Mets won eight to three versus the FCL Nats. Joe Swazi just starting his rehab assignment with the FCL Mets had two hits. And JT Schwartz, also on a rehab assignment, also had two hits. So maybe the key to getting two hits in a game is starting a rehab assignment, dude. I don't know.
1: Well, those two are not the only ones on rehab assignments. It's also worth noting this happened before the weekend, but we still want to throw it out there. Matt Rudick played in a rehab game on July 13th for the FCL Mets. So Rudick's been out of the Binghamton lineup for a little bit now, working his way back, back to live baseball
0: action. And Landon Marceau tossed three innings in his third outing since joining the organization. You might remember Landon Marceau as the player that Eduardo Escobar was traded for, and he struck out three batters.
1: Another pitcher from this game of note, Jonah Tong, an inning in two-thirds of scoreless ball, didn't allow a hit, struck out three, the young Canadian, taken by the Mets in 2022, sit, sits mid-90, an exciting arm to keep an eye on for this really good FCL Mets team, Vito.
0: Those FCL Mets are a meaty 16 and nine. They're looking to bring a championship back home to that spring training facility, just like the PSL Mets did last year.
1: Vito, how long have we been going? This is speaking of meaty. This is this is a meaty episode. I mean, we're doing our best to get through it. Obviously, we're having fun. And there's
0: this is taking a while because there is just so much to talk about. We'll continue. We'll take a little trip down over to the Dominican Republic for the DSL Mets. I didn't have a mosey on down for the DSL. What would your mosey on down be for DSL? Because mosey on down was Florida. That's mosey on down vibe.
1: Let's journey. Let's journey to. What's uh... I like that.
0: Let's journey on down, like John said, to the DSL Orange, where they won eight seven versus the DSL Rockies. Jeffrey Rosa went three for four with a three run home run, finished with four RBIs. He is slugging just under seven hundred in twenty one games this season. And Samuel Camacaro
1: started the year with DSL Blue now playing with for DSL orange. He had four hits. He's now seven for 14 with a couple of doubles. A 19 year old from Venezuela plays a little third, plays a little short, plays a little second. So a guy that
0: could play all over the infield. And he has really, really impressed so far with DSL orange. And now it's the moment you've all been waiting for. We finally reached Sunday, a long time coming. Um, and another really, really high profile pitcher,
1: Going in the organization on Sunday, and that is Mike Vassell. Fresh off his uh, Futures game appearance over a week ago now. That was last Saturday in Seattle. For Vassell, the start was his first since July 3rd. He was scheduled to start for the Syracuse Mets had he not traveled to Seattle and participated in the Futures game. Um, Mike did impress in the Futures game, faced two batters, struck out one of them on three pitches. And Sunday was his best start since the promotion to AAA Syracuse. Tossed six innings, two-run ball, five strikeouts, only two walks. He had 15 whiffs in the start. Eight of those came with the four-seamer. He had 19 called strike plus whiffs with the pitch. That means that he had 11 pitches called for strikes with the four-seam fastball and made guys swing and miss eight times. So Vassal's a power pitcher. He's a big boy. He throws hard. He topped out at 96.6 in this start. The four-seam fastball is his bread and butter. Throws a cutter, throws a changeup, throws a curveball. But he's going to try to overpower guys. That's the way he's going to live. And the fastball was working on Sunday. Like I said, his best start with Syracuse. And hopefully Mike can keep it
0: rolling the next time he takes the mound for the Syracuse Mets. You know, we're big Mike Vassal guys. Always like to see him have a good start. Love seeing him in the Futures game. Let's talk about home runs. Luke Ritter, Abraham Almonte, and Jalen Davis all homered for Syracuse on Sunday. That gives Ritter 21 home runs this season. Seven of those while with Syracuse. Yeah, Ritter, a guy
1: who hit three homers in a game back in May with Binghamton got the promotion pretty much immediately thereafter. A 2019 draft pick. So he's 26 years old now. Um, The power has been unquestionable. 21 homers like you just mentioned, Vito. Seven since taking that next step up the ladder, facing better competition. So he really hasn't fallen back at all when it comes to the power department. And Luke Ritter, if you're listening to our podcast and you're trying to learn about guys that might help the New York Mets sooner than later. Luke Ritter could be one of those guys that not enough people are talking about in terms of, hmm, what would this guy be like at the major league level? And there's a reason why Luke Ritter is a really good candidate for a promotion to the Mets at some point before the end of the season. And that's because of the defensive flexibility that he brings, obviously with the power bat as well. But Luke Ritter, truly, he plays all over. He's played first base this year. He's played second base this year. He's played shortstop this year. He's played in the outfield this year. Luke Ritter is a Mr. Do-It-All, and that's what teams look for. Teams look for guys that they can place anywhere out there. The Mets played the Dodgers this weekend. Who is a guy that the Dodgers have been using like this for years? It's Chris Taylor. Um, You look back at past seasons. I'll throw out a name. Ben Zobrist of the Kansas City Royals, of the Tampa Bay Devil Rays way back in the day, of the Chicago Cubs, made himself valuable by being able to play pretty much anywhere on the diamond other than catcher and pitcher. Guys like this, it used to be catching was the quickest way to the majors or throwing with your left hand. Now it's, can you be that versatile player, that Swiss army knife, able to help out in so many ways, able to use three different gloves, essentially a first base gloves different than a second base gloves different than an outfield glove. That's the kind of guy Luke Ritter is. And that's even without the power. You know, if you could do those things, Without being a 21, what will probably amount to a 30-plus homer season for Luke Ritter, there's value in you. Then you add the power, the slug, and Luke Ritter definitely has a case as a guy who, sooner or later, could get a crack at a major league opportunity.
0: I only got one problem with everything you just said, John.
1: What's that? I don't think Ben Zobris was a devil ray. Oh, Ben Zobris was a devil ray. He was a devil ray? Are you saying he was a
0: Ray, not a Devil Ray? I am saying he was a Ray, not a Devil Ray.
1: I think you are wrong, and you are wrong.
0: He was on the Rays that long?
1: Came up in 06 when they were still the Devil Rays. They They were still the the Devil Rays in 06? They they became the Rays in 08, yep. Wow. I have a problem with something I said, because I left out that Luke Ritter's also played third base this season. So he's played all around the infield. And he's played the outfield as well. But, yes, Ben Zobrist was. How
0: afraid were you that I was going to call you out on that and not be wrong about this Ben Zobrist malarkey? Well,
1: I knew I wasn't wrong on the Ben Zobrist thing. No, so... I know
0: that. But when I said I have one problem with something you said, were you like, he's going to call me out in the third base thing? I was hoping you would. I call myself out. So it's, it's, you do. Neither,
1: you, it's neither here nor you there.
0: Ca- you catch your own errors, you know? Mea culpa. Um, mea culpa.
1: But that's yeah, the end of my Luke Ritter rant. A Ritter rant.
0: Let's talk about the Rumble Ponies who lost 9-4 versus Somerset Patriots. We know, guys, you're this is longer than you're used to. You're probably trying to like extend your morning routine to give us the time, and we appreciate that. Luis Moreno roughed up a bit in his first start of the second half. We're not going to talk about that too much because you know why? Wyatt Young went two for five as he continues to fill in for Matt Rudick at the top of the bingo lineup.
1: Also of note here, Dylan Tabroc made his uh, debut with the Rumble Ponies, so... A big day for Dylan. And strong outings by Nolan Clenney, Dyson Acosta, Daniel Nunez. All guys that were spoken about by Jacob Wilkins and Matt Levine. We spoke with Jacob and Matt during the All-Star break. They had so much insight on the Binghamton bullpen. A lot of guys that can make a difference the rest of the season. And guys that can wind up in Queens. So if you haven't already checked it out, definitely do that. They go in depth. These guys are watching this bullpen, starting nine, starting pitchers. Day in and day out. They're the absolute authority on these guys. And a couple of those guys that Vito and I were hearing about from Jacob and Matt
0: had strong days on Sunday. The Cyclones lost 13 to 5 versus the Greenville Grasshoppers. William Lugo went 3 for 5 with a home run. Also stole a base because you know why, John? Tell me, why not? Why not steal base, man? You know, just steal bases. Well, steal base, the- steal taco.
1: Yep. Well, throughout the episode, we've been talking about the big weekend William Lugo had, and we said we'll continue to kind of build up, and now it's time for that William Lugo crescendo. William Lugo, going back to immediately before the All-Star break, has multiple hits in four straight games. During the span, he's nine for 17, four extra base hits. You go back even further, his slash line in his last 67 plate appearances, 362 batting average, 433 on base percentage, and a 690 slug with four home runs. Perhaps most impressively, he's only struck out nine times in the span with seven walks. Lugo's a guy that's played third base and played shortstop this year. He's played a little bit of first base last year, and after a kind of slow start, he is really, really starting to live up to the nickname that you and I have given him, Billy Barrels. He's been one of the best hitters in the organization for a few weeks now, and just a monster weekend for William Lugo opposing pitchers. Simply right now,
0: cannot get this guy out. Another guy with a great outing for Brooklyn was Yonder Suarez struck out eight hitters over four scoreless innings pitched. He struck out eight hitters in four of his last six outings. His last two starts combined for 16 strikeouts with only four walks, five hits, and a whiff rate of 35%. And he's still only 23 years old, although he did miss a lot of 2022 due to Tommy John surgery, but As John said before, it's good to get that out of the way.
1: It's good to get that out of the way. And uh, Suarez is a a low-key exciting young arm. Uh, I think the injury kind of knocked his stock down a little bit. But like you mentioned, of late, he's been missing tons of bats, lots of strikeouts. A guy that can be used out of the bullpen, can be used as a starter. Four innings today, a very efficient four innings. A guy that Ernest Dove mentioned to us. Ernest loves Wander Suarez. Saw him with the St. Lucie Mets in 2021. The injury derailed part of his 2022 season, but he's been really, really good of late. He's been really, really good of late. Another strong performance on Sunday.
0: And we're going to wrap this thing up talking about the St. Lucie Mets who lost 5-0, but Jet Williams did go one for three with a double and a walk. That OBP is now at 419. And for the average lovers out there, that's up to 243 was 193 entering play on June 12th. So he's increased it by a full 50 points. And that's what I was
1: getting at earlier. No matter how you want to quantify what Jet Williams is doing, whether it's on base percentage, which I like to do because that mark has been over 400 for so long. um, That's obviously disputably great. But the batting average for Jet has been steadily climbing since the middle of June. You just mentioned it's now 243 a 50 point increase. So anyone that was worrying about the hit tool for jet Williams don't he's only struck out three more times than he's walked all season. He's a great young player. He is a great young player can play shortstop Can play the center field, a great athlete, fast, agile, smart. No one knows the strike zone better than jet Williams. And he's finally really, really starting to hit night in and night out. So he's just a guy that we're going to talk about each and every time we do one of these episodes, because every time he takes the field, He's doing something exciting. He's making a difference. He's helping his team win ball games. Another guy to be caught up in is Felipe De La Cruz. Sam Coonrod was the opener for St. Lucie on Sunday, his first rehab appearance, if that name sounds familiar, claimed by the Mets, had a chance to make the opening day roster with the major league team, suffered an injury, so Coonrod back in action. Felipe De La Cruz came in after Coonrod. And he was fantastic on Sunday, struck out nine of the 19 batters he faced on the season, his walk rate under 10%. He has made three appearances in July over those three appearances, 24 strikeouts, five walks, and just one home run allowed. So his ERA in July is 395, but his FIP or his Fielding Independent Pitching, which accounts for what a pitcher can control hit batsmen, home runs, strikeouts, and walks. It's calculated on the same scale as an ERA, so it's based on innings pitched. and we're substituting earned runs allowed for the things I just mentioned. It's under two. It's 1.87. And this is a statistic that is used to kind of contextualize a a pitcher's performance because, look, a pitcher can give up a bunch of soft contact, and if his defense is not positioned in the right way, it's going to land for hits. There's a lot of things pitchers can't control when they're on the mound. And FIP gives you a closer look at what the pitcher is doing with the things he can't control. And when it comes to the controllables, Felipe De La Cruz has been fantastic of late. Like I said, a 1.87 FIP. He's a guy that sits mid-90s with a dirty hook. He is a dude. Him and Luis Rodriguez, who's back from Tommy John surgery. We've talked about Luis Rodriguez ad nauseum right now with the FCL Mets. For my money, the two best left-handed pitching prospects in the organization. A great outing for Felipe De La Cruz. Very encouraging. Absolutely a guy. The Mets fans should be checking the box scores, tuning in whenever he's on the mound, because every
0: time he's on the mound, he's making opposing hitters look silly. And I think with that, we've taken enough of all of your mornings and updated you with a weekend full of information. Lots of stuff going on in the Mets player development system. A lot to come in the future. John and I are trying to figure out trips to get interviews with more people. Uh, hopefully, we'll talk to some of the new draftees and signees at some point. So a lot of really good stuff talking and maybe even some organizational people soon. So stay tuned. Follow this feed. Keep checking out the Mets YouTube. Follow at Mets Player Dev on Twitter and Instagram. And we will see you all in the future. It's been a long time. It's back. Enjoy the stock music.
1: Enjoy your morning. We'll talk to you next time.